glad you hear music. You know the show. You listen to Rayo Sports on the West American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? What matters to me is team, team. There's a couple incidents out here this week that has bothered me a little bit as it relates to uh, people who, based upon some comments or some actions, uh, tend to forget about the fact that team is more important than I. We used to always say there's no I in team, so uh, this show is going to be a little bit about that. Plus, of course, we're going to talk a lot about the Cavaliers, and we're going to talk a little football. You know, might even throw some baseball in there, but uh, let, let me just start off by elaborating on the fact of what I mentioned earlier as to, you know, what matters to me as team. Apparently, at the end of the Cavaliers game, uh, when the game was obviously over, the brooms were out. Um, there was an incident where a young man by the name of Rodney Hood uh, didn't feel like he wanted to come in for those uh, final few seconds uh, of a game, of which obviously was uh, was over, was n- no longer a competition. The game had been decided. The Cavaliers had swept their opponents, and it was time uh, literally for everybody to celebrate and, and for the fellas who had uh, really been out there, you know, exerting a lot of energy and effort to win the series, it was time for them to get a break and to assure themselves that they didn't get hurt or injured uh, at a time that made no sense for them to even be on the court. Also, the time for those guys who, who deserved and earned an applause to get it from their fans at home. Uh, and also gave uh, a chance for some fellas uh, who there will come a point in time where you will sit on your ego and you will no longer have it. And you will appreciate a moment in time when you were a part of something special. And that time may not be here at this moment. So your ego gets involved and and blocks the way for you to really enjoy a moment of time that is so special that some people never will experience in their life, period. They are in the stands. They're rooting for you. They're spending their money to watch you live. They're making up lies to other friends to give them some type of association with you. And here you are, unappreciative of the fact that, man, this is this is special. And I'm, I'm speaking at this time directly to, doesn't know me, doesn't, he probably doesn't give a shit about me. Uh, but I, I just want to express my opinion as somebody who's been in similar situations as a professional athlete and who now is retired and understands the fact that there are times that many things and opportunities have been taken for granted. And like everything else, time allows for wisdom to develop. And, and this is a moment of which um, things happen. You just never know. This, this young man has found himself on a Cleveland Cavaliers team that I believe has a great chance to win the NBA championship. I, I don't care. You know, all of a sudden now, you look over on the West, and I don't care if it's one game, if it's two games, there are games that are being lost by Golden State, by the Golden State Warriors, by teams that I feel are, are not as good as the Cleveland Cavaliers. Whether they've beaten them once or twice, they've beaten them, which means the Cavaliers can beat them, which means the Cavaliers could possibly win the series. And first, they got to get out of the East, so I don't want to go past 
the opponent, which they don't know who that opponent is going to be as of yet, everybody anticipates is probably going to be the Boston Celtics, not the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, but it's going to give LeBron James time to rest, which is all they were trying to accomplish the other night is for players to get a couple minutes to rest. And Rodney took objection to it, didn't want to be inserted into meaningless moments. I'm sure his ego kicked in and felt as if, you know, man, why, why, why am I going to get on the court for this time of the game? I can get hurt. My career, my body, it's, I'm, I'm just as valuable as these guys. That, that's ego talking. But well, let me just say this. I also want to commend J.R. Smith. See, there's a time and a place for everything and everybody, particularly when you talk about in sports, when you talk about veteran leadership. J.R. Smith could step in to that young man and say to him, you know, you know, you, you're very similar. Your career is very similar to mine. You're a damn good ball player, but sometimes something else shows up and shows out and takes away from your abilities. And it's self-inflicted. You were doing this. You at this time right now are, 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 are being disruptive to this team. There are so many things, you know, you're, you're, he's, a, he's a role player. There, there are roles that, pay, that players play on the team. You know, I always talk about role models, and many times, you know, athletes are forced to be role models without anybody telling them the role they're supposed to play. Well, in sports, sometimes the role players can even be just practice players, of which sometimes the players that actually get a chance to start and play in the game when they win the game, sometimes they talk about their teammates, but many times those teammates may not be the ones that actually are playing in the game. It might be some of the guys in practice. Think about it. A team that performs extremely well, a lot of that has to do with, believe it or not, yesterday being the anniversary of it, Allen Iverson talked about practice. Really? They replayed the, the practice comments where Allen Iverson actually basically was trying to devalue practice at that time because I believe he may have missed it or may have been late, but I think he may have missed practice at that time years ago for his Philadelphia 76ers. And so he was trying to just explain from his perspective to the media the importance or the lack of value of practice at that time in his career in that season that he was working so hard in the games that how dare you mention his lack of participation in practice? What did it have to do with the game? I'm sure when Allen looks upon that today, he probably feels different than he did at that time. He may hold on to some of the same or a portion of the perspective from there in that time in that moment. He probably would still defend it. But in reality, we all know what practice makes perfect. The, the fadeaways that LeBron James is shooting now is because he's practiced that shot many, 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 many times. So he feels comfortable when taking that shot. It's what you do in practice that allows you to feel comfortable in the game. So when it's time for you to do it in the game, you're okay because you practice it. Like these game-winning shots that LeBron has made and other players have been making throughout their careers, they've practiced. That's one thing you just you know, on the playground, just playing around, three, two, one, shh. you know, you try to shoot it before the buzzer goes off, you practice that shot. So when the time comes, you're ready for it. 
And so practice players are extremely important. Now, Rodney Hood right now is getting a little bit of, you know, he gets in the game, well, you know, when he does, whenever he does. But Rodney's probably most important role on the team now is for him to challenge his players, show them the look they're going to see from the other team in practice so that when they see it in games, they're ready for it. Rodney's job in practice is to practice hard in the event that he's put into the game and he's physically ready and also mentally ready. So it's what he does in practice that will have him ready and help his teammates be ready for the upcoming team. But what's also important, what Rodney has to realize right now, is what he's becoming is a distraction. You always hear players, a lot of times in football, we're always talking about, you know, Odell Beckham and some other guys being a distraction to their team. Okay, this right now, what what Rodney did the other day in, in a celebration was a distraction to the team. And then LeBron James' name gets, you know, caught up in it. That, that's a distraction, particularly it also affects the chemistry of the team. We don't need that. Everybody needs to be happy for the team. We all trying to chase a championship, the team, the entire team. Everybody should be happy about the position that the Cleveland Cavaliers are in now if you're on this team, particularly anybody who was there for the majority of the ride of this season. This was not an easy season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. The way it started off in the very beginning, Kyrie, you know, didn't want to play with LeBron. Wanted to move on, wanted to be his own man, wanted to carry his own team. Look what happened to him. I'm not saying that, okay, it wouldn't have, it could have happened to him in Cleveland. Exactly. Isaiah Thomas was with the Cavaliers. He's no longer with the Cavaliers. Look, he's hurt. He's banged up. May have lost as much as $100 million. I'm not going to say that it's easy when you have a superstar that is light years ahead of everybody, as certainly everybody else thinks that he is. And his talents is, LeBron, there's no question, is much better than everybody else on that team. Best player in the National Basketball Association. If you had to choose one player right now, who would the one player be that you would choose? I'm not talking about for five years down the road. On your team right now, I take LeBron James. Cleveland Cavaliers have him on their team. If you're in the East right now, the only way you're going to get to represent the Eastern Conference and the National Basketball Association is to beat a team that has LeBron James on it. I don't think anybody can do it. I think LeBron James' team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, will represent the Eastern Conference and the NBA championship. And team chemistry is extremely important. So Rodney, we don't need to, you know, obviously now you're in the national media for the wrong reasons. And then you apologize to the GM. Okay, you right right away, somehow or another, you're thinking about the effect of what you've done may have on your employment. I'm so tired, you know, Lou. Coach Lou, I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to apologize to Coach. They say you may apologize to the entire team. You should. 
but let's, let's put your ego away right now. It's not time for right now. Everybody's job and responsibility is put their ego away and do whatever they have to do to help the team win. Jump on the floor for every ball. Give, get every 50-50 ball. Work harder in practice. Stay late. Come early. Study longer. Watch film. Communicate. Talk. Go to dinner together. Everybody get their mothers a nice Mother's Day present this weekend. Be a good son. <laughs> Don't have your mom as Mother's Day and everybody mad at her son because he's done something wrong. It's a beautiful thing to be on the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Right now, I'm, you know, I think it was Duke. He came out of Duke. Shout out to Fonda Williams. Fonda, get your boys together, man. Duke can't be acting like that. I'm going to take a break and come back. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, team. Team is extremely important in all team sports, and I think all sports is teams, even if it consists of a singular individual who is out there participating. Uh, there is a, a, a support staff around that individual that would all be a part of that team. And so that team uh, matters uh, to me. And uh, I'm talking a little bit about Rodney Hood, but also let, let me just say something. Um, I want to give a shout out because I'm going to have a young lady on, on the show um, a little while in, in the future. Uh, I spoke to her. Um, she wrote a, uh, a great book that was referred to me by a friend. Her name is uh, Jennifer Garrett. And Jennifer wrote a book called Move the Ball, 
how the game of American football can help you achieve your life goals. And her and I had a, a, a long conversation to talk about her book. Uh, she sent me the book. I haven't got a chance to read it yet, but I am going to read it. And I'm also going to have Jennifer on the show to discuss her book. Um, another young man who uh, wrote a book out there that uh, I, I did get a chance to read it. A uh, former teammate of mine. His name is Ty Hicks. Tyrone Hicks. We called him T-Bone back at uh, The Ohio State University. T-Bone and I played ball together. His book is entitled Taken Hostage by the Beast. Now, Tyrone's book is uh, total opposite of uh, the book of which uh, we talked about, uh, I just spoke about in Jennifer's book. Uh, Tyrone uh, went through some struggles in life and continues to, to struggle um, with uh, some things in life. Uh, but um, he's, 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 he's persevered and, and he's, he's been able to fight his way through with hope and prayer. Um, and, and people not giving up on him and him not giving up on himself. Uh, he's, he, he's struggling and continues to struggle, but continues to fight and not give up on himself. And people have not given up on him. And so it's a very uh, inspiring story. It's a dark story. It's a real dark, dark, dark story. Um, but I must say, it's an easy read. It's one of those books that uh, you, can get, uh, you can get his book on Amazon. Again, the book is called Taken Hostage by the Beast by Ty Hicks, H-I-C-K-S, former Ohio State Buckeye, Warren Harding in Warren, Ohio. Tyrone played football for, uh, for Warren, uh, Warren G. Harding, uh, one of the fastest men I ever played against in my life, lightning fast. If he got past you, no, you're not going to catch him. <laughs> Believe me, nobody is going to catch him. T-Bone, that's my man. Um, but he's uh, traveled up and down many streets and states, highways, and continues to fight for his life. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, just to give you kind of an introduction to the book, it's Taken Hostage by the Beast, a heartfelt true story about a man's life from a young age through adulthood becoming a great athlete, but he had the world at his fingertips while moving his stride to be t at the top of his game. Years in a hostage cage of entanglement while embracing the beast, traveling up and down many streets, states, highways, on a continued fight for his life. A page turner that will leave you wondering what can happen next on his unpredictable journey of life while holding on and letting go. His voice for every young and older person speaks volumes through the pages of this book. Never give up. Never give up. That's the message that I give to many people too. I don't care what it is. What it is, if you want something in life, if you want it bad enough, if it's that important to you, find a way to get it done. It's not easy. Now, I, I'm going to speak for a second now, I'm, I'm going to jump back. Tyrone gave me a perfect opportunity to lead from basketball to football. I'm going to get back to some basketball. But right now, since we're talking about Tyrone and his book, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about football. 
We already talked about team in basketball, but team in sports, period, is extremely important. And there are many lessons in, in, in sports that you know, carry over into life. That's why this concept of team is so important because there's a team here at Voice America, too. There are producers and engineers that, that, are, that are here in studio with me supporting my show. Uh, there's a sales staff that are on the phone. There's executive officers that's in the office taking care of the, you know, the higher end of things, business. There are folks in the accounting department. But let, let's talk about football team. And I heard, and I think I actually heard the comments on one of the big boy networks, ESPN. Whenever I speak about the big boy, I'm always talking about ESPN. Uh, on one of the big boy shows, I heard somebody play a clip where Ben Roethlisberg uh, was somewhat disappointed that he's playing for a team that the team throughout the draft they, in their attempt to get better, missed an opportunity for the team to get better now instead of in the future by drafting a quarterback in the third round of this year's draft instead of drafting somebody else that he felt could play right away. So, I'm, so I'm, according to Ben, whoever you are on the Pittsburgh Steelers, if somebody is drafted in your position, according to Ben, Whoever the player is that's playing in that position starting at that time should be concerned about keeping their job because it sounds as if that person is going to take your job, but that doesn't seem to be the case for him because Ben said they drafted a person in the third round, a quarterback, that is going to be a you know third string, which means that person's not going to make an immediate impact. But at the same time, he kind of contradicts himself because the thought process, according to him, would be that if you draft somebody at this position in the third round, we've had some other third-round players on this team, you can put them in and they could play right now. Well, why? Okay, well, maybe they drafted this dude to move you out the way. You automatically said that he's going to be the third string, that you're going to be starting, but if he had drafted him in another position, you felt like he could be put in that other position to contribute and help the team right away. Now, I can also tell you this. You don't have to be a first-round, second, third-round pick to be an impact player on a team. You could be a free agent. There's some free agents that are in the Hall of Fame, Ben. A quarterback that's better than you, Ben, is playing for the New England Patriots was uh, a sixth round, I believe. Tom Brady, in case I, I got the round wrong. You know who I'm talking about. So let, let, let's stop. This is what I say. This is why when I say drafts don't work out, when the Cleveland Browns continue to lose games the way they are, I think the people at fault are the scouting departments and the general managers and the staff upstairs that are making decisions on personnel. Because everybody has a role to play. Ben, your role is to play quarterback, not to tell them who to draft. They have people who they pay to assess and evaluate talent that they think is the best talent that will support the team to make them better. Those players have to come in, and then it goes further to say 
and there's been discussions about do players have an obligation to support other players once they are on the team. And I'm saying to you, as a former athlete, what we always do, you always, if, it's, if that person's on your team, yes, you're going to help that person. You know, sports is, it's an open book test that you're allowed to share the answers with the player next to you in the room because you're on the team. You, you don't want your teammate to be out there and, you know, it's almost like a, you got a teammate on the field and, you know, the snap count is on two, Ben, and the, and, and the, and the guard asks you, is it on one? You say you're not allowed to tell him, no, it's on two. You're not going to help him? Remember, you know, he forgot what the snap count was. So what? Tell him. Somebody forget, you call a play, somebody forgot their route. You're not going to tell that person what their route is? So if a quarterback, you're on the team, we all support each other. If somebody gets hurt or whatever happens, somebody's in the game, we never want a person on our team not to know what their responsibility. If you don't, they don't know, you tell them. You do it all the time. And I'm not the only one who said this, Ben, but you, you've held the team in hostage a couple times in the past few years, not letting them know how committed you are to the game based upon what you've said. So why shouldn't the person who's doing their job, you know, players have changed their position, just like teams have done the players, players have done the teams. I'm not sure, but I think Jason Witten made a decision he wasn't going to play anymore for the Dallas Cowboys. Des Bryant did not make a decision he was not going to play for the Cowboys anymore. So sometimes a player gets to make the rules or make the decisions. He's in a position to make his decision as to what's best for him. Jason walked away. Football caught up to him. He had enough of it. There's other aspects of his life he wanted to enjoy now that takes priority. Jason Witten's gone. Antonio Gates would have played for the San Diego Chargers again. I'm sorry. For the Chargers again, Los Angeles, L.A. Chargers. He'd have played for them again. He'd have played another year. They decided, no, time for you to go. We don't want you. He got released. So, Ben, they don't know. You could have decided you were just going to walk in. Some people wait all the way up to training camp. Decide they go, oh, listen, man, I've had enough. I'm leaving. I know I was at Ohio State University my rookie year. And there was a teammate of mine from Ohio State University that was on the team as a free agent linebacker. I'm not going to say his name. You know, from what I understand, he wasn't cut. He just walked out, didn't, you know, didn't think he could do it, didn't want to do it. Didn't have it. So, you know, this, sometimes you make decisions, sometimes they make decisions. But the decision that once you're on the team, you're a teammate. And I don't care who you are, what position you play. Now, that's something, listen, I don't want, I'm tired of hearing about how much harder the quarterback's job is than that other players on the team. That, that's a bunch of bullshit. I can say that. We're on the internet. Let, let's just stop this whole thing about how much harder the, the, the game is for the quarterback than everybody else. Says who? Most of us that have played football, a lot of times if you think about it, when we started off, we all started off as quarterbacks. I, I, I can't believe it. Uh, somebody said something to my wife the other day, and she, she didn't recall. She never knew that I was a quarterback. Well, of course, my wife and I met at 
college, not in high school, but yeah, up until my freshman year, I was a quarterback. My seventh grade year, my eighth grade year, my ninth grade year, I spent playing quarterback and, and defensive back. But at the same time, the quarterback's job, okay, so you got to know the plays. So does the center, so does the guard, so does the tackle, so does the wide receiver and the running back. They got to know the play too. You got to know the snap count. They got to know the snap count too. So if you got an audible, you got an audible to something else based upon what you see, and they see that too, and they got to know what the audible that you're calling is going to be, so they got to know what they got to do if their assignment changes. The offensive lineman, the center, and the guards, they got stuff they got to call. I don't know why people are giving in to the fact that the quarterback's got the hardest job out there. I, I've always felt, it's always in my mind, because it starts with him. One person that can screw up every single play of a football game if he chose to is the center. The center has to snap the damn ball. Everything starts and stops. Well, let's say starts with that center. If he doesn't start it right, it doesn't go right. Done. He breaks the huddle first, runs out, assesses what he sees, says a little bit to the, you know, to the quarterback and to his lineman, to his left and his right, calls out some signals. You see him pointing, calling out some, yeah. That's why I always had such a hard time with Terry Bradshaw and uh, what happened to his friend, of course, center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm having a football moment, I call it now. Well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a man. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like a mess. What matters to me? Team. Team. It's all about team. Rodney Hood, Cleveland Cavaliers. Back up. Understand it's about the team right now. It's not about you. Don't mess up the team chemistry. At this time, the team does not have to should not have to worry about somebody's ego that's not being pampered. Or, or the fact that he's embarrassed or he feels like he's embarrassed. And, and people have long got over that, man. This is not like, okay, they're throwing in the scabs because, you know, the game is almost over. Man, that's high school stuff. We don't look at that, that like that in the pros. We look at the team just one. Okay, some, the fellas is coming out. That's okay. Get in, get your bucket or two if you can, or just, just go out there to get them off the floor. Come on, come on, Rod, man. You got to grow up on this one, bro. Uh, also, team, team, Ben Roethlisberger, really? Ben, Big Ben, they draft a quarterback, and, you know, you're feeling like, okay, well, if we're really trying to win, we need to draft somebody who can play, who's going to play in the third round, as opposed to somebody who's not going to play because I'm so good, he's not going to beat me out, so he's going to be a third team, he's going to be a, you know, a backup. Really, Ben? Says Who? Remember, there's a six-rounder who is playing, who is better than you. He's not on your team. You can't seem to beat him to get into the Super Bowl. Tom Brady would be the person I would be speaking about. Then I went on the course and was talking a little bit about some players who have had some adversity they, they faced with. Um, and I, as I was closing there, I, I couldn't recall the name of a person that's extremely... Personal to me, Mike Webster is a Hall of Famer, former center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I felt just was um, not supported the way he should have been by Terry Bradshaw. So I, I touched on that a little bit. But um, let me get back, if you will, Toronto Raptors. I'll get back to some basketball now. Uh, one thing that I feel about basketball is basketball is as LeBron James is showing you, is a game that could be dominated by an individual. You, you need two or three, I believe, to win championships. You should have two or three superstars in the modern-day game of what you're playing in. Historically, it has nothing to do with it at this time because you only have to beat the team that they put on the court. You don't have to beat Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. You have to beat the team they put on the court. Right now, any team that has LeBron James on it, you've got to get somebody who's going to stop LeBron James. If you look at some other teams, you have to look at stopping maybe two or three other people. 
particularly though when you're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, you want to make sure that LeBron James does not beat you. The Toronto Raptors, that is the solution is stopping LeBron. The other people, I mean, LeBron, his production was equivalent or superior to your two all-stars. Let's look at the numbers. It's out there. Now, for the two all-stars, again, I'm going to say this too. There are stars, superstars, and then there's greatness. And and, and I want to say this. When you're a star, let's say when you're a starter. When you're a starter in, in the NBA and the NFL, uh, you're a great athlete. The fact that you're a starter in any of those leagues, NBA or NFL, then you're, you're a superior athlete. You're, 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 you're not just, you know, a star athlete makes the team. A superior athlete is, is, is starting. When you start making the, the all-star teams, then you're, you're, you're great. You're something special. But in order for you to get to those being something special is when you play against the ones that are special, you have to take your game to another level. You know, there's one thing about when you're playing against LeBron James or you're playing against a Kobe Bryant or you're playing against Sha- Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, you know, all these players that you know are great players and you're a good player, you're a superior player. If you're starting, you're, su- you're, you're a superior player, but you have to take your game to another level. That's, what you, that's how you rise your game. That's how you become a household name. When you are playing, when you make plays or, or a play, that historic people that goes down in history that people will always remember you you want to make it against one of those great players you want to do something you want to have a great game or your best game against those great players because that's what you want to do you're trying to get to that level where okay okay I can, I can compete with everybody else but I want to be superior within my own rights I want to get to that. I want to be able to compete with that superior person. When they talk about the greatest players, how do I play when I play against those who are going to be in the conversation of being the greatest of all times? See, that's what the Toronto Raptors have done. They're they're giving LeBron James his credit that's due. But what they're not doing is they're not raising their game to the point where Okay, we have to play better than we've ever played because we're playing against the best of all time. That's how you're going to be. You have to raise your level to, a, to another level, your level of greatness and superiority to another level because that's where LeBron is at. It's like he's right, you're right here, and he's way up there. You got to go up there. If you want to play up there, you got you to step your game up. So the game that you've been playing all year long, listen, there's a reason why there are people like LeBron who understands. See, there are some people, and I, I want to say this. LeBron is scaring me a little bit. I don't like LeBron jumping up on the damn table right now. Homeboy, it ain't time to jump on the table yet. This, this is not a table jumping series. Get off those damn tables, LeBron. Stop jumping on the tables right now, man. This is just playoff. This ain't championship. This is playoff. We ain't in the championship yet. Yeah, yeah, you hear that Homer and me, the O-H-I-O, born and raised, Canton, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, the Ohio State University. It's, yeah, Cleveland Browns. I'll put that in there, too. 
But LeBron, right now, don't do that. Even the young fellas, you, you're showing them that's the wrong thing right now, LeBron. You're sending the wrong message. But I do appreciate the fact that you're embracing the moment. But it's premature. I think you only jump on tables when you're the one at all. Once you win it all, jump on the table, jump on, you know, jump on the cars, you know, tear, jump on the lights. Do all that. Get on the trucks, the buses. Do Jump on all that stuff when you won it all. But right now, you haven't done that, LeBron, so don't jump on no more tables yet. And for the Raptors, if you want to really compete, it's your offseason now. Start thinking about it next year today. You lost last night. Start thinking this today about next year's championship series. And, and this is something else that they revealed to you. They, they had the best record in the East. What does that mean? You just, I, I've always said this. I've always said you just want to get a ticket to the dance. Then once you get there, can you get a dance? And see, they got a ticket. They got one of the first tickets. They're the first in line. They got the best record. But then they can't get out. They can't go to the, you know, to the big party. The big party is championships, you know, NBA championship. They can't get there because they can't beat LeBron. Now, I'm, I'm giving them the way they've got to do it, the solution to it, but I don't want them to beat LeBron. And, you know, you could always do the Kevin Durant kind of thing. You know, they say if you can't beat him, join him. That's what Kevin Durant did. So, listen, Raptors – I don't think you're giving too much respect, but I don't think you take your game to the next level. LeBron, should, his production should not by himself be the equivalent or better than your two best all-star players on your team. And you can't take that roster back next year and try to come back and beat him with that same roster if indeed that's the best and you've elevated your game to the highest level it can go. You, you're not going to win. You need something else, somebody else that could help you get that done. The bronze kryptonite. It's on the West Coast someplace. At least they beat him. But, it, you know, it, it, he really, there's no kryptonite for LeBron. I'm not going to say they didn't beat him. I'm not going to say he beat himself. But I think in the series, the championship series that LeBron have, has lost in, with the exception of... Maybe in Cleveland the first time. The first time in Cleveland uh, when they lost. Not sure it was, you know, well, let's say when he came back to Cleveland. But, of course, he was, uh, I think uh, there was a time where he was missing some of his support. Kyrie was out. He, He didn't, he played his, he plays best basketball at the time, but we've seen him play better. I mean, LeBron's in his 15th year, and he's still getting better. Isn't that something? I mean, that just should, that's what I'm saying to the guys at Toronto. That For, for fans' sake, because we want to see a, a more competitive series, you've got to get better. LeBron's 15 years in the league, and he's getting better. Everybody's got to play better. It's okay, you know, the ball's in his hand. You got to double-team and triple-team every time. This is the game that Cleveland beat you with. They beat you with ISO 
and then LeBron pushing. And if you're going to play with LeBron, LeBron going to push the ball. If it's there, if the break's there, he's going to push it. If it ain't there, he's going to slow it down. He's going to assess what he's got going on. And if, if you're on the court with him, he may, it may take him some time all the way down to the wire. That's why you got to be a catch-and-shoot kind of guy because he's going he gonna to hold that ball in his hands for some time and the clock's going to wind down. And he, gonna have, he wants to have every option possible on the court because LeBron's one of the guys where he can get every shot that he wants. But if he doesn't get a shot that he wants, you need to be in a position that he's going to see you. Le- LeBron's got some of the best vision I've ever seen of an athlete. His vision is just, whew. And so he's going to see you, so you got to be in a position to catch and shoot. You, he need catch it. Just think about the players, Kyle Culver, J.R. Smith. Christian is usually down in the hole, so, you know, when you get it to him, you know, he could, you know, drill a time or two and, you know, Kevin Love, catch and shoot. You play LeBron, you got to catch and shoot. And sometimes maybe you got to work to get your own shot, but LeBron is the one who's going to, if somebody's going to work to get their own shot because the fast break wasn't there, it's going to be LeBron. Then the option is if he, if he can't get a shot, then he's going to pass and you're going to have to catch and shoot. That's how the Cavs are playing. That's what they're doing right now. And the other fellas, <laughs> Toronto, yeah, listen, you guys should have got the – you should have double-teamed LeBron every single time. You should have. Every single time you should have double-teamed him. Get the ball out of his – make him get rid of the ball every single time. Now, in the Eastern Conference, whoever he playing championship, the Celtics, they may try to get – coach may do that. You, you know, GM, he knows what he's doing up there, and the coach knows what he's doing. They may try to make that. That's the way you beat LeBron. You make him get rid of the ball every time. You hope he don't push it on the fast break, push that fast break, but he's going to push it against the Celtics. Well, I guess it's going to be the Celtics. I'd love for it to be the Sixers. No, I don't want LeBron to beat the Sixers. I don't want the Celtics to beat the Sixers, but I don't want – well, anyway, kind of got mixed emotions there. So uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think we're going to take another break. And then we're going to come back and listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, Living Like It Matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, again, just want to go over some of the things that we talked about today. Rodney Hood. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm out there and, and looking at some stuff, and I see where uh, Scotty Pippen also felt that uh, Hood should embrace the moments, the minutes. Um, you should, you should do that, man. It, it, it is such, uh, such an honor to be a professional athlete. Uh, but but don't get me wrong. When I say it's an honor to be a professional athlete, it's, it's just because it you get it's the reward for all the hard work that you've put in. So every moment, every second is special, and you should enjoy every second of that. Um, then I talked a little bit, of course, about uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who for some reason or another felt as if a third-round draft pick was wasted because they brought in a quarterback instead of somebody else that could provide some instant production at another position because I guess he think he holding that down. Um, and, of course, he's, I'm sure he'd have his opinion about what I had to say if he cared, but I'm sure he doesn't. So um, I'm just giving my perspective. Um, and then, uh, of course, I uh, you know, wanted to mention a couple things about um, some other things that are out there and are happening and uh, just a team and what everybody does and, and, and the importance of a center on a team and how important that center is to the game, period. I think he's the most important person on the field, and uh, even the quarterbacks, and I think quarterbacks should be more appreciative of their centers. I gave the example of uh, Mike Webster and um, Terry Bradshaw back in the day um, and how Mike's life kind of went downhill and Terry didn't support it the way I felt he should have supported. Uh, but who am I? But uh, And then, of course... Uh, LeBron James and what LeBron has done in the Eastern Conference. He has held that conference. It, it, they, they should name the conference should now be the LeBron James Conference. <laughs> uh, of course, I was just being a little sarcastic right there. Uh, some other things that are happening out there, uh, I guess uh, folks are pretty happy about Sam Donaldson. Uh, Donald, Sam Donald ended up in New York uh, with the Jets. Um Jason Witten, of course, is uh, no longer going to be a Dallas Cowboy, hanging the cleats up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, there was a, 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 a one of the, the, I think a player's coming out of Duke basketball, one of the top basketball players. I think it was from Duke, I heard, I'm not sure. But his, his mom had made some comments about um, the NC2A and the fact that uh, the way that the student-athletes uh, are required to perform for and a lack of compensation, and um, and and then she equated it to to slavery because she felt as if they were paid no wages but did all this work and produced a great product that they don't benefit from it but others make millions of dollars off of it. Um, they do not get equivalent amount of cash in my opinion for 
what they should for the amount of work and the results of the work in terms of financial finances generated and distributed. Uh, whoever bartered at the table, in my opinion, did not barter correctly on behalf of the athlete. The education is not free. The education is an exchange for you playing football. The cost of your education will be absorbed and you will not have any, you will not have to, any out-of-pocket costs to pay for your education. It's, you know, I'm choosing my words carefully because, I, I, you know, I want people to understand. Education is not free. You don't get a free ride. It's not a free ride. If it's a free ride, then the dude who was next door to me, he would have got it. If he would have gotten his education paid for him and had to do nothing, but he was just going to class, he wasn't going to football practice. He wasn't going to study. He wasn't doing any of that stuff I was doing that I, in addition to going to class because of my obligation to the athletic department. So that's a bar. That's an exchange. In exchange for me doing this, you're going to allow me to do this. You're going to allow me to go to class and get my books, and you're going to feed me, and you're going to give me a room. All that is because I'm going to go out on the football field, and I'm going to play to the best of my ability. Now, it's a contract, and, and again, it's a contract where you can get rid of me I can try to leave you if I want to, but I'm not guaranteed. You may not let me go. You may say, no, I can't go. Are there people out there, are you all aware of the fact that a college student athlete who received a athletic scholarship, quote unquote, to come to the university to play football or basketball, if that person decides for whatever reason they want to leave, that the coach doesn't necessarily have to give them a release. You have to get a release from the university, from the coach, for you to go someplace else. He doesn't have to give it to you. Now, if the coach decides he wants to leave and go coach someplace else, he's gone. He quits his job. Like everybody else, you just walk in, you quit, let them know you're done, you're going someplace else. And I said he don't call the rest of his staff, his football players, and say, hey, guys, guess what, I'm leaving them. I'm going to, you know, Chicago going to Northwestern to coach. I'm going to the U. So, and again, I heard, you know, this out there that the mother has some, co the concern that individuals have is that the revenues that are generated are unequally distributed to people that does not include a fair share of that revenue that's generated finding itself in the pockets or bank accounts of athletes. That's what it is. That, that's the real problem is the distribution of the revenue that's generated is not shared. I'm not even going to say equally, but it, it's within, with the integrity of we're working together. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. We're going to talk about this. You, we're going to be partners in it. Uh, those kind of conversations and the details of how those things should work out and who represents who, legal representation, contract negotiators, all those things, arbitrators, whatever, those people 
Athletes don't have that kind of representation at the, you know, the college level. Somebody says, okay, listen, another thing somebody said is, okay, these guys have options. They don't have to go to college to play ball. They can go to Europe. They can go to some other, in basketball, they go someplace else with basketball. But in football, you have to be removed from college, I mean from high school, for three years, I believe it is. So I just want you people to know that, listen, there's some disparities going on. It's not fair for college athletes in terms of the financial conversation. They should get more. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.